Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Hardcore Finance Show. Today, with just Alex at Mr. Ibuda on Twitter. Welcome, welcome. Happy New Year. Hopefully, everyone spent it well. I had this whole big party planned, actually, with Shimon. My daughter got sick for one night. It just so happened to be December 31st. So um, I spent it here at home. Well, uh, 2023 is going to be an interesting year, I think, for for all of us and then the markets. And so I want to talk about a few things today, a little bit about what I want to do and change, how I want to change my career. Also, what Shimon and I are going to do with the pod. Actually, let's talk about that first. And in general, what the outlook for 2023 is. So Shimon and I will try to do a more concerted effort about bringing you guys content, uh, fresh content every week. You know, we do this on the side and we appreciate everyone's help and feedback. And we've gotten a lot of feedback saying, hey, the walking episodes are great. Do these every week uh, because sometimes we miss some weeks and we're really going to try to push it. We're also going to try to push and get a lot of uh, good guests because we've held uh, a lot of feedback about the guest episodes are helpful as they give perspectives on the various uh, parts of the market. And in general, our episodes are helpful because we go a little bit deeper than than um, the typical surface level analysis of Bitcoin and markets and so on. Finally, we'll also try to argue a little bit more. Uh, I know people wanted to see that. So happy to call Shimon out on certain things and have him call me out as well. Look, uh, 2022, I'll just do a quick recap and then talk about a couple of themes that I want to touch on. Uh, maybe show some some charts. Uh, 2022 was what well, 2022 was a tough year. It was a tough year, definitely my the the toughest uh, I've ever had investing. Um, the toughest for many portfolio managers, specifically uh, specifically the the toughest for uh, people that invest in growth, people that invest in crypto long-tailed, high-growth assets. And there's been a lot that's been said in the market about, you know, as the interest rates go up, naturally, again, we're, we're kind of reviewing the same thing that's been talked about before. Interest rates go up, cost of capital increases. Essentially, the best way of thinking about this is uh, to say, hey, look, you know, if I have $100, where would I rather put this money? Would I put this into a, a government bond that I know is 100% safe? That's going to give me, call it, 5% return? Or do I put it into a stock which has any kind of associated risk premium to it, uh, right? That's going to give me a higher return, but it's going to be more risky. And so then when I choose stocks or when investors typically choose stocks, they look at, um, you know, which stocks have, Cash flow, they give up cash flow because cash is, is very, very important right now. Then they go into which stocks, you know, or dividends. Then they go into which stocks have less cash flow. And then they go into the hopium stocks, the genomic stocks, the high tech stocks, the uh, lucid, the, uh, the, the stocks that are going to, you know, grow and deliver results in X years. This is exactly why, uh, for example, Facebook has been hit so hard, you know, they went from Facebook, which has been a little bit of a dying advertising model to meta, which is the focusing on the metaverse. But you have to believe that one, the metaverse will come, which 
by the way, I do believe that. And then two, that it's going to come in X years. Now, if it comes in five or 10 years and Facebook is just aligning themselves now to really hit the ground running when uh, the metaverse does come, we're still a few years away from it. And so investors are saying, uh-uh, you're not focused on your cash cow model, business model. You focus on something further out on, uh, on the curve. And so we're going to discount you because there's a higher risk, significantly higher risk of uncertainty that you'll be able to perform. Then this comes back to crypto and people fundamentally misunderstand crypto. First, they misunderstand what Bitcoin is versus the other crypto assets. Second of all, they misunderstand how to decipher the other crypto assets. And this fortunately has been my job for the last year and a half, working as the head of listings for one of the exchanges. So I'm able to look at the market, but it's hard even for me. And I have a team that's working uh, and researching this stuff for me, let alone for an average person that's aping into, you know, the latest and greatest DeFi project. So investors in general and the real money, which is Wall Street money, pension fund money is saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know what's going to happen. Lots of volatility, lots of uncertainty, likely going to have a recession or are probably in one right now. I'm going to hold on to least risky assets and cash. So what's the least risky? Cash, bonds, stocks with dividends, right? That they're giving you money back quarter after quarter after quarter. Even though in the long run, a lot of these companies that are not investing in growth but giving but are giving money back to investors will fundamentally be at a loss in the market. Will fundamentally be at a loss. So that's uh, that's kind of the overall theme of what's happening in the market. And you know, a lot of people are coming up to Elon and saying, "Oh, you went to Twitter. That's why Tesla is going down." And that may be, but Tesla stock is going down because it's a bit of a luxury product. So people are, you know, until the cars are cheaper than regular cars, which it's close, but it's still a bit of a luxury product. So people are saying, you know what, if I need to buy a car, which I probably don't because I bought one pre-COVID, <clears throat> I'm going to buy cheaper cars because the recession is coming. And because the, you know, the, the capital asset pricing model, essentially the risk free rate, the hurdle rate has went up to 5%. That's the treasury rate of the government bonds, more or less 5%. It's like three point something. They're going to raise it again for our purposes. Let's say five to make the number easier. Risk-free rate is five. I can get that with, with the government. So man, Tesla, you better beat the heck out of 5% for me to invest in you. I don't believe you can in the next couple of years because we're going to hit a recession. So why would I put my money with you, right? and essentially take on that risk where I can put my money in the market, or in, in treasuries, excuse me. I think that's short-sighted. Um, and I think that everyone is just thinking about the next year will be the year of CHOP, uh, maybe in the next couple of years, potentially, probably. That would be very hard for all of our portfolios if we have a year of CHOP. But I would say that, again, Shimon and I have a very long-term view on the markets. We try to invest into emerging trends. What we're seeing with Microsoft, for example, they're about to incorporate the chat GPT, the, their AI chat, into Bing to make Bing a search engine that should actually rival Google. Uh, that would be an incredible step change for Microsoft. So I'm very bullish on Microsoft and their stock in particular. 
Uh, and other like genomic companies that are about to hit the ground running. There was an interesting Kathy Woods episode in the know with Kathy Wood talked about a podcast that talked about how, you know, before it was one to one and a half billion to decode a human genome um, in, in the 90s, early 2000s. And now it's $500. So it went from 1 billion to $500. I mean, the drop 99.9999% drop in costs. So if we think about uh, medicine and diagnostics and the ability to target medicines, so take the genomics plus mRNA technology, regardless of what you believe about the vaccine, plus the ability to decode target, plus the ability for AI to come in and start doing the process for you, at least taking uh, apart the first couple of steps. I'm very bullish on medicine in general, very bullish on genomics. These things are going to be needed. Uh, very bullish on tech and innovation. And so, again, it's just a matter of time. If you have extra money in the market, not financial advice, but something that I'm doing in my portfolio uh, is, you know, when I have a little bit of extra cash right now, which I'm holding on to, but when I have some excess cash, I'm putting it into these high growth, um, uh, high growth areas. Uh, and let's finally come back to crypto. You know, um, uh, before we talk a little bit about some charts, I wanted to share and show that I thought were pretty, uh, pretty interesting. The crypto markets are tough. It's definitely a tough uh, crypto market. Um, yeah, I mean, what, what, can, I, what can I say? Uh, the nice part is that uh, the leverage, we, we noticed that like there was three players in the market in crypto that, <coughs> that essentially have been, um, have been driving a lot of the, the bad actors in the market and a lot, and a lot of the fluff in price. So it's three arrows capital went down, Celsius and uh, went down, uh, and uh, FTX went down. Above it all, said the fourth, the kingmaker, which is DCG and Genesis, they're about to go down as well. Unfortunately, unfortunately, because they hold they hold a lot of power in the market, and so so I think the leverage has been completely pulled out of crypto and. In the first half of 2021, you know, S&P would rally and crypto would fall, Bitcoin specifically. Now, S&P, the S&P is falling and crypto is staying fairly flat. And that's because before, in the beginning of the year, there was a lot of leverage in the markets. A lot of leverage. And now the leverage is just getting pulled out. And once the leverage gets pulled out, um, we see, a, you know, a, a huge difference in the willing sellers in the market. There aren't too many willing sellers. You know, it's all about uh, people wanting to accumulate their true hodlers, the people that are uh, that are here because they want to be here are actually holding on. So let me let me kind of switch gears, take a sip of my favorite Red Bull and switch gears a little bit to talk about what I want to focus on in the next year to two years in crypto. And um, I've had a little bit of a career moment, if you will, of, of coming uh, of coming to uh, what's the right what's the right way to phrase it of trying to evaluate my career to see uh, what I want to do. You know, there was this, there was uh, somebody told me, and this is probably fairly fairly famous, but. Um, you have kind of three phases in your career, three decades, really in your prime to do big things. And I feel like, you know, I'm 
I'm approaching 40. Uh, I probably have one more decade left in me, and I definitely want to dedicate it to cocktail. And I've seen over the years, and this is a little bit of a personal uh, interest story, and in the venting or uh, just talking to the camera here, but I, I think I'll, I'll, I'll do it just to give you guys a little bit of background about you know who I am and, and where I've come from, and then lead that into what I want to do with and with crypto and this podcast and so on. But uh, I was working at Microsoft in 2016 and 17, where I actually wrote their crypto, their blockchain strategy at the time. Microsoft did like a fifth of what I wanted them to do, but uh, a fifth nonetheless. In fact, ironically, I was uh, I was actually advocating for Microsoft to build an enterprise crypto cloud in the same way that Coinbase is doing now. So whoever's running the Coinbase crypto cloud, uh, kudos to you. I believe in your strategy. Uh, in fact, they can probably uh, pull up some of my old slides from way back in the day to uh, compare and contrast and see how, uh, you know, how my predictions or, or my strategy aligns with what Coinbase is doing now. But I'm a big fan of Coinbase, at least uh, on paper, a big fan of what Coinbase is trying to do with their crypto cloud. But when I was working at Microsoft, uh, I was pulled by my uh, good friend who wasn't a friend at the time, but he became a friend and a close, uh, like a brother to me, Dritan Nesho. Uh, Dritan uh, was um, working with me in the Microsoft corporate strategy team. He got pulled in to a fund that's run by Steve Ballmer and Mark Penn. They now have gone public. They're called Stagwell. And basically, Stagwell acquired a whole bunch of marketing companies. They pulled Dritan and pulled myself to run Harris X, uh, the leading tech and telco polling company. It wasn't leading when we got it. We bought it from Nielsen. Um, but we, we, we bought it in 2017. Dritan and I were the first founding members, uh, call it co-founders of Harris X, this new uh, entity, which is now a public company as part of the Stagwell group. Uh, and we took over a, a failing company and we really turned it around to the fact to the point where Harris X last year bought uh, a, an international polling company without going into too much detail. But, you know, Harris X, we would do work for Apple, Samsung, Facebook, uh, the, the Hill. We, we became the most accurate pollster of the 2020 elections, predicting uh, the Biden-Trump breakdown extremely accurately. This was posted. If you can look up Washington Post wrote about this, The Hill wrote about this and others. And so when we were there, we really took a company apart on the fly and rebuilt it. You know, at People's, we had a team of 50 to start, went down to probably 25 at its trough. Went back up to 30 to 35 at its peak when I was there. And now I think they have a lot more people. But Jitan and I took a company and we had people's lives and livelihoods in our hands. You know, if, if somebody got fired or we didn't do well or we couldn't get clients, then ultimately it was on us. And I think, you know, in retrospect, we've done a lot of things right. We, um, the way we treated people, uh, even in the beginning, we didn't have enough money for bonuses. We, you know, took 20% of our target bonus to make sure that the people uh, underneath us and our team was, was whole. They got theirs. Uh, we did this for years, by the way. We did this probably for three years uh, until we started actually increasing our own our own bonuses to, to close the target. And um, 
it was a very it was a very good humbling but very navy seal type of experience if you will special forces type of experience you're thrown into something into a business that's operating that's on the fly and you have to change it as it uh as it grows so it's like wait alex you know why are you even, what, what does this have to do with the markets investing why are you saying this um for a couple of reasons and i'll explain one is you know mr ibida my twitter name uh which I'm, I'm pretty proud of is because there was a joke by one of the partners about us delivering ibida which is earnings before interest taxes depreciation and amortization essentially businesses free cash flows for the you know to keep things simple um we were responsible for the bottom line and i had to drive growth in the bottom line across the whole business uh no matter what quarter after quarter but the reason why i'm bringing this up is because it was the hardest work of my life it was the biggest challenge of my life work absolutely non-stop especially in the beginning and we were able to pull it off and now i want to dedicate the next 10 10 years of my life into crypto into being able to pull off the same thing so whether it's you know helping or advising other crypto companies whether it's helping uh, or uh, growing where I am uh, full-time at whatever period in crypto that I am in, who I'm working for, or if I'm working for myself, I want to do this in crypto. What I realized is that, you know, I came back into crypto in, in mid-year mid 2021. It was the hype. Beginning of 2021 was the height. The bull market was raging. It was fun. We threw in the most amazing parties. We met the most amazing people, um, and 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 it was just the height of FOMO. You know, the height of three arrows. The man getting a ticket to the Genesis uh, Bitcoin 2021 party was the hottest thing you know uh, in the world, and somehow things didn't feel right and i don't want to be the guy who says oh i told you so and post you know after the fact come back and say well i knew things were wrong i didn't know things were bad or wrong i had a hunch i just could you know my hunch was well these businesses all of them everything that i see and the people that i talk to are smart people but they're completely immature businesses no process uh, no standards, no controls. It's, you know, but I kind of chalked it up to there's so much money to go around in crypto that these inefficiencies are okay. It's not a mature business. It's not a mature industry. Uh, it, the rising tides lifts all boats, you know? And, and I've, you know, also put on rose colored glasses and said, it doesn't look right, doesn't feel right, but maybe it's okay because this whole space is just full of people innovating. And again, there's so much money and capital that, that you know to go around and and flowing in. And that being efficient like this and focusing on process and focusing on you know maturity doesn't matter. Uh, I now realize how wrong I was, and I just realize, and it just kills me, and I'm very frustrated with myself. Again, not just saying this; I'm just kind of talking to the camera, whether people believe me or not it's frankly i don't care um but you know frustrated with the fact that i should have just listened to my gut 
Uh, and I think I'm going to listen to my gut now. It's, you know, yesterday, uh, there, it was Wednesday, January 4th. Today, Thursday, January 5th, when I'm recording this. I realized that uh, whenever this episode airs, so you, you guys have a timestamp. I realized that I really want to, you know, focus and listen to my gut. And I really want to go and help people build. Help people build the right way. Build build things myself. I have a couple of ideas that I'm, you know, tossing around. Whether I'll do them or not, I don't know. Um, but I, I want to be in a place <clears throat> that values and understands that, one, the ethos of crypto, especially the ethos of Bitcoin, and two, that, that there's a right way of building things. The processes, uh, we shouldn't over-process things to stop innovation. Our processes matter. You know, crypto, for those of you in the crypto space, I just want to say a couple of things. Most of the companies are owned by kids, and it's okay to be a smart kid to uh, to bite off more than you can chew, to try to change the world, to have this naivete about you one uh, you know regulation doesn't matter, uh, you know fuck the SEC, excuse me, <laughs> forget the SEC, um, forget uh, you know regulators. That all matters. Processes matter. Being audited matters. It should be audited as a company. Financial projections matter. Creating an FB&A scheme and saying, are you over and under budget matters. Doing due diligence matters. Having a board matters. You know, if anything that this 2022 has brought us is enough is enough. We need to grow the right way. We need to be professionals. We need to do things, the, the old era of just like ICOs and and just coins and pump and dump schemes, it's over. No serious business is going to, is going to uh, allow this anymore. And no serious customer, no sustainable customer is going to allow their businesses to do this. There'll be another bull run. We're going to have more shit coins. We're going to have more of these scams, but they're going to become lower and lower and lower. We need to grow up as a industry, as an industry. We need to stand up businesses in the right way. I hope people listening, uh, I hope the people that are listening understand this. And frankly, if you don't understand this, don't take my word for it. You're going to be blown out of the market sooner rather than later. Strategy matters. Decisions matter. Making trade-offs and choices matter. Money and financial responsibility matter. Okay? Lavish spending and not matters. Allowing people to go, good people, to go off and run and create value for you if you're a business owner and your customers matters. It's time to take this from this global, you know, frenzy of people running around doing whatever the heck they're doing into an actual market structure that's mature, that all matters. And I want to dedicate, you know, my life to building businesses the right way in crypto, to helping people, to helping people store their wealth. I'll wrap up this episode with, um, with this story. <clears throat> Recently, I was in Washington, D.C., and I went to a policy, a crypto policy uh, meetup uh, and breakfast. And 
uh, I realized that there was this talk, okay, which really, really uh, spoke to me. And the talk was by a woman, a Ukrainian woman, who was on the ground in Ukraine when the war started. And she was saying how the Ukrainian infrastructure, banking infrastructure, completely collapsed, completely, in the beginning of the war. In addition to Swiss and Polish banks wouldn't allow a lot of Ukrainians to take out and move a lot of the uh, big amounts of deposits because they were considered high risk. Everyone was in a kind of panic mode. Even the Swiss and, and Polish banks sometimes would block the government. And she said that because of crypto, because of Bitcoin and USDT, Tether in that case, <coughs> um, they were able to raise funds and the following day send shields and bulletproof vests and others to the front lines. That's why we're here. That's why I'm here. These are real use cases, not criminal talking points about how crypto is criminal or some China FUD or how it's used for drugs. All this is bullshit. It's used to actually save lives, to actually save lives. This is why I'm here. This is why I hope you all are here. We're going to double down and invest in this podcast. We're going to bring you great guests. Please let us know what you would like us to cover. More personal interest stories, more stories about us, no problem. Want to talk about cigars? Happy to do that as well while smoking one. Here's to 2023. Let's build together. And those who don't want to build the right way, good riddance. Get the hell out of our industry. We don't need you. We don't want you. If you're Sam or any of the Three Arrows guys, DCG, Celsius, all of these guys, get out. I'll link, by the way, to a discussion I had with Alex Mashinsky two years ago when I asked them about counterparty risk. And I said, Alex, most people don't understand counterparty risk. How do you handle counterparty risk? And he went on. He sold me. I'm not going to lie. He sold me as well. He pulled one over on me, talked about how he has 100 people working on counterparty risk and they assess it every day, blah, blah, blah. Bullshit. But you know what? Honestly, good riddance. All of these players, good riddance. Good effing buy. We're going to build the right way. And if you're here to build the right way, the way Shimon and I are, we're here with you. If you want our help, give us a call. Send us a tweet. We'll link the e our emails down below. Until next time, let's do it, fam.